Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about client experience. It's what they feel, not what we do. With the help of special guests, Tim Fowler and Steve Wheeler. Alongside Tim Fowler, I am your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here. and Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Please send me ideas to tim at remodelersadvantage.com. If you want to be a guest or you have ideas that I can hunt down a guest, uh, let me know. So I've been talking about customer satisfaction for years, okay? Generally, the focus has been communication, scheduling, cleanliness, and those kinds of things. But it wasn't until recently that I started thinking about what does the client feel about what we do, not just what we do. So this has become very real to me because as I go through my life, I'm finding there's companies that they do certain things that I know other people really like. They say, oh, that's fantastic that that company does that. But I don't feel that way. I go like, what's the point? And so one of the examples I like to use is surveys, you know, customer satisfaction surveys. You know, I get them from the airlines. I get them from every place that I buy anything online. And a lot of people like those. They feel like that's a great way to express how you're feeling about the product. I absolutely hate them. I, I just, it's in my brain that all they're doing is leading, asking leading questions so they can get marketing stuff out of me. And so that's an illustration of that. I think another way to look at this is, you know, uh, some people really love going to parties with music, dancing, and they feel like everybody ought to love that, right? You can see this in TV commercials. Well, I'm not a fan right? I like to sit quietly and talk, explore the what you're thinking in your brain. And so the exact same action of a party, music, dancing, gets different reactions, different feelings from different recipients. So as I was thinking about this, I went to Google and I started looking up the customer experience. And if you go to Google, it'll come up as CX, customer experience. And so it's really a big deal in industries all across the country, except remodeling. Now, can you imagine that? We think we're special. Nobody has really taken the time to really look at the customer experience. Now, we've had people on from Guild Quality. I think they're probably the closest thing that we have to making this happen. But on the contrary to all that, I think we need to pay more attention to their experience. And we need to get our field teams to be more aware of what's going on. So Steve and I are going to be talking about this today and what we've learned about customer experience. Uh, I'm hoping that in the future, we can have some other people on who maybe have done some studying about this in the remodeling world and get their expertise on it. But until then, here's what we have. So Steve, let's get started. Yeah, so Tim, let's just start by kind of breaking down some of the common vernacular, because many people talk about 
we've got incredible customer service in their company. So what is the difference between customer service and customer experience? So the way I differentiate it, and I think it's valid, is that we talk in terms of what we do. In other words, I mentioned in the prologue there, you know, communication, uh, schedule, good cleanup. These are all things that we do. And we've learned how to do them. We've learned how to do them what we think is fairly well. And just like the other things that I talked about in the in the monologue, it's like we're doing them in a way that at least one or two of our clients have really appreciated. In other words, somebody said, oh, you guys do clean up great. And so we keep doing it that way. But what we don't know is that every client feels differently about that, right? And so the idea behind it is that it customer service is what we do. It's an action on the company of our on the part of our company. The client experience is the way that they experience the customer service. And as I indicated before, I think people experience it differently based on their background, based on their knowledge, based on, you know, things that they've uh figured out in life. And I think this is one of the reasons why we get to the end of a project and we did everything the way we always do it. And the client's still unhappy. They're mad about something. They're upset about something. And we always pin their anger or their upsetness. Maybe we pin it back on them because we did like, hey, we did everything we could do. Everything we normally do, we did. Right. And then we pin it on them, which, of course, makes it so that we never get to change anything. But the other side of it is that we, uh, let's see, how do you say this? We don't really look for how they experienced what we did. We only look at what we actually did. Yeah, and I think one other differentiator a lot of times is customer service can also be viewed as like an after the fact mindset. It's how we fix problems and right. how we, you know, how fast we uh, fix an issue with a client or get back to a client on the phone. Uh, those are just strategies for better customer service. Right. But the second you get a phone call for somebody to have a project, your customer experience starts, you know, and then yes. from, and, and two years after the project, your customer experience is still there. And this is this is so great, Steve, because one of the the classic definition of the customer experience goes something like this. It's what your client experiences from the very first phone call to when they when they end the job as a raving fan or, a you know, and that's the experience all the way through. And I think that's one of the big challenges in the remodeling world in terms of delivering great customer experiences. Yep. One of the notes that you just said, basically, it's one of the notes I had from customer experiences. It's the sum of all interactions yeah. that the customer has throughout. Um, and so speaking, you know, we, we talk remodeling. So what do you see that the biggest challenges are because it is a gigantic challenge in remodeling specifically. Yeah. So let me go back to your comment about the sum of everything. You know, sometimes when you sum up an equation, you end up negative. 
So if you have more <laughs> negatives than positives yeah. and you sum it all up, it's a negative experience for the client. And so yeah. I just, you, you, you made that comment and I said, I got, I got to, I got to play that a little bit. So I think one of the big challenges in the remodeling world is that generally the sales experience is a really good experience for a client. And I joke about it, but I think it's true that almost always it's fun. It's exciting. The client enjoys the exploration. They, they enjoy the imagination. They enjoy everything except the price is always bigger than they thought it was going to be. But, you know, it's just, but the, the, the other thing that's going on, there's a lot of connection between a sales designer or sales and design and the client because they're talking about personal stuff. How are you going to use your kitchen? How, you know, what kind of toilet do you want? Like who, who talks about that? You know, how, how that's very intimate, if you will. Uh, and so people, they're talking about these emotionally charged topics as they go through the sales design process. And it's often a three, four, five, six month process. And so it's not a, hey, here we are, we're going to design your house and we'll let you know how it goes. It's like an ongoing process. And then what happens is we turn the job over to our production team, right? And so not only do we turn it over, but we expect there to be a connection between the project manager and the lead carpenter like the salesperson had immediately. We do this great thing called a pre-construction meeting and we introduce the lead carpenter and we kind of assume that the client is like, oh boy, this is wonderful. I have a lead carpenter on my job. Well, not so much. You know, they want to they have an emotional connection to sales design, but no emotional connection to the project manager or the lead carpenter. So the way I've kind of thought about this is if you go through your company and make a list of descriptors, like how would yeah. you describe the, the sales process that the client experiences, that is? And then what are the experiences they have during the production process? And so the challenge for us is how do we get that great emotional experience of sales over into production, which, again, I'm a production guy, but coming from my view, it's so much harder to have that wonderful experience in production. So it takes a lot more work. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the descriptors and I think companies can um, come up with, you know, their buzzwords, the, the, uh, their, you know, it's aside from their mission and vision. And I've seen yeah. the companies set up a customer experience mantra or, uh, you know, something that they can use as the backbone of their uh, customer experience. I mean, the sales piece, um, you know, it's almost like a, a marriage or partnership dating <laughs> Those first three months, getting to know each other, it's so exciting. You get engaged, so exciting. Then you get into real life. Yeah. And how strong is the partnership when, you know, real life happens, a.k.a. Uh, dust all over the ground. If, if that's, you know, or, or a bad day where something goes wrong on site. I mean, these are the things. How do we carry through uh, on this. So what are yeah. you seeing as people establishing 
Uh, you know, you mentioned the descriptors, but establishing, you know, their customer experience mantra or or bedrock. So the the um the experts that I looked at, you know, o- online all said something about creating a customer experience vision statement. In other words, to have a, a, a statement that says, this is what we want our client to experience, and then get everyone within the organization to start seeing how do they fulfill that experience. And I wish I had one, you know, to, to give to the audience out there. I, I don't, but I think the important thing is to be able to maybe take some of those buzzwords. And when I do a seminar on this, I'll ask the all like, what do you want your clients to tell their friends at the end of the experience? What are the words you want them to use? And then by doing that, then maybe you can see what are the actions that we need to take that would make this happen. I think one of the challenges for production is they tend to kind of check things off mechanically. I mean, we are mechanical people. And so, and that's what makes us good at what we do. We put things together and we make things. And so we get to the, we do a weekly meeting and we check it off. Communication, check, that was done. You know, (laughs) clean up, check, that was done. You know, we're on schedule, check, that was done. And, And we go, they ought to be happy at this point. And as, as opposed to really thinking it through as to how they're how they're really feeling about it. So um, this is all great stuff. Where where do you see that there could be uh, kind of blind spots that we can lose the client along the way? So we've we've got uh, what we feel is a either good customer service backbone or a customer experience in place vision. Um, you know, we talked about the sales process being exciting. We go into production. Where are the spots that w- where customer experience can be missed along the way? So it's interesting to go back and and really evaluate um, when a client is unhappy at the end of a project to really dig in and go back and see where did we lose them? And quite often we lost them between the signing of the contract and dropping $30,000, dollars $50,000 in our bank account and the actual start of the project. Mm-hmm. Now, I had, a, I had an experience here at my house with solar panels and they were great. They did a great job. They came out, you know, they were very attentive in the sales process. And then once I'd said, yeah, let's go, there was this little bit of a lack of communication between them and me and I called, you know, and pretty, I understand everything. So I called, I wasn't mad, but I called to say, hey, what's going on? And my little mantra is anytime a client has to call you to find out what's going on, you lose. And I believe that during that period, and we had a podcast on this that we called the dark period, during that period, the client starts to develop all kinds of um, perceptions of us that they have that they might feel like they have to be in charge of the project, and when that happens, then we lose the customer experience for them. It's yeah. Keep going. No, go ahead, Steve. 
No, I was going to say, I mean, I you say that and I'm thinking back to all of the uh, some of the worst clients or or most difficult clients. I'm going to say worse, but yeah. most difficult clients I had. Um, and it, that was the time where an exchange of value was, you know, the money was yeah. paid and there was that, you know, we said, hey, it's going to be three months until right. we started. And they picked out what they wanted. We get some orders in. But then, you know, we're so focused on all the other projects that are going on. We focus. Yep. We say, well, they're fine for a bit. Well, I mean, I've said it on this podcast <laughs> multiple times. It's like when I when I took my kids to Disney, the line was the best part. There, <laughs> there was an Everest ride. And I remember waiting in it for an hour. By the time I get to the front, I said, I might go back to the beginning of the line. <laughs> that was the greatest thing because you read the entire way. You learned about Everest the entire way and you always right. moved. And yeah. you always had a communication. I never knew how long I waited and it didn't bother me. And so I think there's there's a lot to that. It's obviously not easy, but I think once you do start to put these, the mindset of customer experience in, these start to fill gaps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they the become more evident. So you mentioned handoff to construction. Um and what else? What do you? What else do you have? Okay, so this is uh, your illustration of the Disney line is a perfect example. I hate lines. Oh, I don't care if does. you've got dancing girls and you know puppeteers <laughs> and all that. I hate waiting in a line, and it's one of the reasons in my life why I can't enjoy some things like Disney oh, yeah, because I. I, but my experience of waiting in a line is bad. And so mm -hmm. even, so even what Disney has done, right. For many, many people doesn't come across as a good experience for this client. Right. Yeah. And so that's just a really, another great illustration. Everybody's going to come out of this thinking you are negative, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think the, the other thing that I think can be a real glitch in this thing is what we typically call the pre-construction meeting. And um, one of the big emphasis that I read uh, with the professionals that have really studied this is the, the emotional experience. And I made a big deal about how the salesperson gets into a very intimate, if you will, relationship with the client about all kinds of things. And then at that pre-construction meeting, we simply turn the job off to a project manager or a lead carpenter. Now, being a little bit stereotypical here, what people are finding is that women in the role of project manager or lead carpenter tend to connect better with the clients and they do a better job with the customer experience because of that. Now, again, that's a little bit stereotypical and I apologize to everybody who you know feels that's unfair. But it, it's been shown that that's definitely a thing. So at that meeting, we effectively turn the job over to somebody and immediately we expect there to be a great relationship with the client. And it quite often doesn't take hold. And so that's one of the other areas where we really have to work on a solution for this. Yeah. And so in that pre-construction meeting, and this is a little kind of uh, stray a little bit, but. Where do you think the idea of, you know, we want to present the fact that this is going to be 
a good experience. We're, we're going to be working hard to deliver what we say. Now, there's this fine line of overpromising with the experience. And then we also don't want to um, deflect any responsibility we have for making it a great experience by saying, hey, this is going to be really rough. Four <laughs> weeks without a kitchen, you know, and two young, three young kids. This is going to be really bad. But don't look at us for anything. We know it's bad and we're just warning you, you know. <laughs> So like, how, how do you, can you walk that line? And, you know, maybe it is just continuing to have this vision and these mantras of experience, but, you know, without overpromising, but, but setting the expectations that, you know, this is going to be a tough process, but we want them, we still want them to have a, a positive experience. Well, I think you, you've stated a couple of things. And no, number one is set the proper expectations. And so I'm a big fan of the emotional homeowner roller coaster chart. Yep. It turns out that there's a consulting company for new home builders that actually has done the study. And it's not quite as dramatic as that, that chart that we typically look at uh, shows, but it's the same basic formula is that once the, you know, the major you know, framing and thing is done, the client uh, experience starts to decline. And if you can help them see right off the bat that that's going to happen, this will happen in your world. We want you to know it's normal. We want you to know it's been researched. Almost everybody goes through this. Uh, so don't worry about it. Come talk to us about it. We want to be able to make sure if you talk about that in the pre-construction meeting, Quite often, the client eases a little bit and says, hey, they told me I was going to feel this way. I need to go talk to my lead, my project manager, just tell them I'm feeling this way. And then it's out in front. I think the other thing that is really, really important is that the project manager or the lead carpenter at that pre-construction meeting lets the client tell him or her their expectations. So quite often, we're so busy in that meeting telling the client what we're going to do. We're going to show up at 7. We're going to end at 3.30. Your trade contractors, blah, 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 blah. And we very seldom ever ask them, how are you going to feel about this? Or what are your expectations? So I'm encouraging companies to create a list of 10 or 15 different questions that the lead carpenter or the project manager can say to the client casually, don't read them off a page, but casually say, you know what? I want this to be a great experience for you. What do I have to do to make that happen? Yeah. And then you listen to the question, listen to the answer. And just like we learned from our guest on listening, the second question is almost more important than the first one. So they go through and they tell you, well, in order for this to be a great experience, da, 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 da. And so then the second question is, well, would you tell me a little bit more about that? Or could you tell, you know, whatever that second follow-up question is. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. We would love to get a five-star review from you when we're all done. What do I have to do to make that happen? And then, you know, the follow-up question. So really encouraging the lead carpenter project manager to engage the client in conversation, not sales asking or the production manager asking, but the individual. And so this starts the connection that would be more on the emotional level than 
hey, I'm going to come in and tear up your house and, you know, rebuild it. So, yeah, uh, those questions are so important, uh, you know, just letting them paint the picture for you. Um, and then so if you look um, from there, you know, you've got internal your sales to production handoff, but um, and I'm not sure of the softwares, but how do you then uh, take that information? Let's say a client says, you know, I, I know you guys are going to do a great job. I just wanted to not be that disrupted for my dog. Right. You know, and, and something that their dog is their life. And so that's different from the other clients, but that's why this experience is going to encompass everything. How can you catalog that? so that the subcontractors know so that the, you know, project manager, I mean, is that listed in a, how can we communicate? And maybe it is through the communication, the notes of everything, maybe even, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back. Steve. I'll go back to that podcast we did with a fellow from Ann Arbor on the, the AI app. Yes. Otter O T T E R yeah. where you can record the conversation. It gets documented in a, in a file and then it's saved and it can be shared with everybody, but you make a good, a good point. So there's the follow-up questions that like, you know, okay, let's talk about your dog. You know, that's great. I, I'm, I'm a dog lover too. I'd love to, what, what would we need to do to make this a great experience for them? Right. And then there's that conversation about what's going to happen. What's reasonable. Now, again, I encourage people don't take responsibility for the dog because then you will disappoint the client, right? There's no doubt about that. That experience will be bad, but you know, go ahead and find out what you have to do for that. And then you made an interesting point. Like, how do you engage your trade contractors in this thing? Because you're not in this alone. And if yeah. they come in and violate one of the expectations of the client, you're on the hook. It's not the trade contractor. You're on the hook and you're starting into those negative numbers that we don't want to add up. And so you have to disseminate to the to the team this conversation so that they know what's going on. And what I've been sharing with people is maybe... There's a sign on site, and I think if you can do it in good good taste and something friendly that says, you know, uh, Alfred, the king of the house, needs to be, you know, whatever it is, you know, and yeah. do something so everybody can see it, but also addressing it in any documentation with trade contractors, delivery people, anybody. And I, I just, I think the idea of the sign, to me, tells the client, I was listening, right? Yep. The client yeah. sees it too. And they go like, look at that. They care about what happens here. And so that I've never done that folks. I've never, you know, had that, but it just strikes me as a good idea for some, you know, if you can say it in a way that doesn't hurt someone's feelings on, on, on cause everybody's going to see it. Are you running into obstacles running your company? Some of the most challenging jobs in leading a successful company are sales management, production handoffs, budgeting, marketing, and strategic planning. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, president of Remodelers Advantage. And if you like the advice you've gotten from this podcast, then you will love the Master Your Remodeling Business Workshop. There, you're going to get to meet and discuss your challenges with some of the most successful remodelers in the industry, many of whom you have heard on this very show. Over two days, you'll learn about remodeling sales systems at work, 
how to plan strategically for your future, how to improve your production efficiency, and even we'll even share hiring secrets from yours truly. And because you're a listener of this podcast, we're giving you $500 off the registration price. Just use this promo code TFS8 during checkout. That stands for Tim Fowler Show. TFS8 during checkout, and you'll get $500 off. Join us March 7th and 8th here in Baltimore, just eight minutes from BWI Airport, to learn how to master your remodeling business. Visit MasterYourRemodelingBusiness.com to register today. So we've kind of touched on this a little bit, and we're going to get into kind of the wrapping up with, with some of the solutions that we can put in place. But is there individual symptoms that people could say? And the obvious ones are, you know, you have a bad experience with a client. Um, you went into the, a project with a fairly easy client and disappointed them, where you're just kind of getting to the end of jobs, like you said. Um, right. And I've experienced this where, you know, the client loved the project, they love it, but you're both happy to see each other leave. Yeah. You know, one of those things. So um, where do you start or what do you say? You know, we really do have to embrace this thought of customer experience and stop, you know, because customer service in many cases for early companies, that becomes their marketing of giving money away and things like that. Right, so, right. so how do they kind of embrace this and start? How do they? So I think. I think there's basically five areas that I've tended to focus on when I've talked about this. Number one is just better feedback from sales to production in the handoff. Again, the handoff meeting for a lot of companies is all about the details of the job. We're going to do this. 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 But seldom are they talking about like what, what did we learn in the sales process that would make this a great experience? In other words, hopefully the client already talked to the salespeople about the dog. The dog then information was given to the project manager, but the project manager still asks at the at the handoff meeting about yep. that. And so the idea is, and I've kind of, I mean, I'm a checklist guy. So I'm thinking like, sit down sometime as a company and make a list of all the expectations that clients might have and check them off you know, and say, here's here's the ones that this client has. And so it gets conveyed to the production team because, uh, and again, I joke about this, but when I was a production manager, it felt like we would always step in it without knowing. In other words, we didn't know what the client's expectations were, and we almost always violated them because we didn't know. And mm -hmm. so I think that's a very important part of it is feedback or information from sales to production in that handoff meeting. We already talked about the dark period between the signing and the start of the project. Somebody needs to be in touch with the client. I mentioned these consultants that work with new home builders. Their, their word is, look, even if you have nothing to say about what the job is doing, what's going on on with their job, send them an email about what's going on in the marketplace. And, and one of the things that I thought about that I think is very current is supply chain challenges. So we assume that our clients understand all about supply chain issues, but maybe we just need to like the Harvard study for remodeling has shown that da 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 Okay. Cool. Thanks for the info, but it's a touch. It's somebody communicating 
uh, from the office. And so let me get jump in there. So because we're yep. on number two of your of your five, right? Yep. This is the yep. communication during the dark period. It, it made me think, and the obvious answer is probably, you know, the president down, everyone, but like who owns the client experience? And so <laughs> when you say, you know, pay, make sure you're communicating during the dark period, like yep. establishing that and making sure that happens. Like that's going to change in all over companies, but how do we know that there's ownership of each? Cause there is a, everybody's kind of the spotlight of customer experience happens at different times. Obviously, so I, would, I would say it's going to be different with different companies, but in some of your more developed companies, obviously the salesperson designer shepherds, the first part of it. I think the production manager, if there is one, shepherds the next as soon as it's handed off to production they're responsible for communicating to the client and then once the pre-construction meeting takes place the client experience is shepherded by the job manager lead carpenter uh project manager if there is no production manager then i think the company needs to say it's probably should be sales to some degree although with project managers, they may have enough time to then start communicating directly with the client and letting them know what's going on. So I think okay. it's going to I think the important thing is almost like an org chart. You need to chart it out and say, OK, here's where here's where I can drop off and here's where you take over, because if you don't, there's going to be a gap that that nobody wants. Yep. So um, we mentioned the the precon already talking about you know trying to trying to get an emotional connection between the person on the job and the client, whether it's questions, things like that, just discussing those kinds of things. I think another thing that came up actually came up in one of our podcasts is this this idea that at the weekly meeting we need to be a little bit better about talking about emotions instead of just here's what's going on in other words we ought to be again asking some questions and and maybe saying things like um you know we were shooting for that five star review just wondering if anything's happened that maybe would drop us down a notch just don't be afraid to ask and or is there anything we can do to make this a better experience for you i've even thought about this question which nobody has embraced but so we're about halfway through the job. Are you still happy you chose Falcon remodeling? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I know that's kind of a hard question. You're like, man, I don't yeah, it's tough. But be willing to ask the question that gives you negative response because yeah. you want to catch it as quickly as you can. So, again, the idea of crafting some questions where you're going to be able to um, find out how the client is really feeling. And then I think the last thing, and there's probably some others in here, but this will be good for the, the podcast, is when you get into that debrief for the uh, you know the job, autopsy, mm-hmm. mortem, whatever you want to call it. Again, almost always we're talking about how come we lost money here and what happened here and what happened here, what happened to this. And we might have a client survey, but does it really talk about the experience that they had. And I think one of, again, one of the things that the experts are saying is really debrief that customer experience, learn from it and train your people based on 
what happened on that job. Well, Tim, this is, it's so important. And I, I know that um, this has been something you've been talking about over the past couple of years. Um, it, it's been a buzzword, but I think, you know, as you look at companies and the performance of companies, it's something to start taking into consideration, no matter where you are in your business growth. Yeah, and, it's, a, um, it's huge yeah. because the experience is what they're going to talk about. Yep. And and not what you do. The, the way they experience it is what they're going to talk about. And that's what you want. You want them to have that great experience. There's going to be challenges. Everybody knows that. But we want them to come out the other end. And if they if they do say something about the challenges, you want them to say something like, and Falcon Remodeling made it so smooth, even through those challenges, right? Yeah. And yeah. so that's the kind of thing that you want passed on. Yeah. And there's obviously uh, there's a lot of things like uh, marketing needs where people will give referrals based on that. And yeah, you know, when people are, talk, people are talking around the water cooler, you know, Falcon did this, Falcon did that, it was amazing. Um, but then again, I mean, ultimately, it's better for the team to yeah. have a smooth experience and to yeah. be able to deliver this and feel good about what they're doing. And you know, it eliminates the bumps in the road of uh, having to take on angry clients. And, yeah, just think about it. If you if you can smooth out the experience with the client, everybody's going to be happier. The, the carpenters are going to be happier about going to the job. The trades are going to be happier. You're going to be happier. The money's going to flow a little faster. And um, it just... But you got to start there. Otherwise, the client can make it a really, really difficult uh, situation. Yeah. And that's what we're looking to avoid. So this has been fantastic. We once again want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, everybody, and, and maybe we're getting the point across finally that we're working really, really hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast-track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.